that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of your body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison." With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Thanks, Jasper. How are we going tonight? Good. Oh, good. We've all said things we regret, yeah? We've all said things we regret, haven't we? Yeah? I reckon you only have to go through your social media profile. Maybe it's your Instagram, your private messages, you post your texts. You're going to find a bunch of stuff in there that you're a little bit embarrassed, a little bit regretful that you got in there. Some savage stuff, some yeah, silly stuff. But I accepted the challenge of having a look through my old social media um, today. I opened up my Facebook account. I went back in time to check out all the dumb stuff I've said over the years. Um, is anyone here still on Facebook? Raise a hand. Yeah, not many of you. I'm pretty old. So I've, um, I've been on since 2007, <laughs> back where first dumb thing I said was I didn't think Facebook was going to be a thing. So yeah, I said that back in 2007 when it came out. But a um, bunch of silly things I found going through my Facebook feed. Uh, a lot of material. The first one came in 2013. I said this about Taylor Swift's latest album. She had Coldplay's scientist cracking song, ripped it, ripped it off, ripped it off. And I said, frankly disappointing from Taylor, had lots of constructive criticism and I thought, Look, to get back on track, she needs to break up with a guy and write a new album. I was convinced that that was the way that we got good albums out of Taylor Swift. So a bit embarrassing. Love a bit of Taylor Swift. This is my mate, Elliot. He loves quoting me and putting me up and posting it on my wall. Back in 2016, I said that. I think it was because I put on my Sydney, my Sydney streets. I put on my Sydney outfit. I felt good. And Elliot embarrassed me on Facebook. I said I was just taking out tomato salsa. I don't think I was talking about tomato salsa. Next one, watching a 10 series into a show. Come on, where's he going to get iron fists? Another dumb thing I've said. Now, here's where it gets a little bit savage, but um, also Elliot changed his Facebook profile picture and I came up with this. 
But in my defense, that's that. Look at that. Look at that size of that melon. Absolutely massive. So tracking through my Facebook page, that was some of the stuff I found. And I reckon uh, we've all said things we regret. I want to encourage you to do a bit of digging as well. And I promise you, you don't have to go far on your social media or on your phone to find words that are not nice. And it's funny, I reckon most of us like to think the stuff we say makes sense, that it's funny, worth a couple of likes. But here's the truth. The things you say every day are dangerous. And we have no idea about it. Think about it. Who here has a brother or sister? Who's got a brother or sister, yeah? Now, how have you gone speaking to them this week? Yeah? Just the way, I bet there's been a fight. I bet there's been some teasing, some name-calling, something. It might be harmless or it might not be. Do some thinking some more with me. How's your language at school going? What are the things that you talk about most with your friends? Did other people come up in those conversations? What are you saying about other people to your friends? And what did you say to people who aren't your friends? Studies tell us that you guys were around a stack of bullying when you were at school this week, most of it verbal. Did you see it happening? Maybe you saw, maybe you saw a text message or a group message. Maybe you heard it out in the yard. You could have been the one doing it. You could have been the one receiving it. Or you could have been watching the bullying happen and did nothing. Or worse, you laughed along with it. So it is pretty clear our speech is dangerous, yeah? But our problem is deeper than just mean stuff, gossiping and swearing. You see, what we say can either condemn us, destroy others or save us. So we need to get our speech right. We need to be careful what we say. But for most of us, talking is just a reflex. We just do it. So it actually can be the biggest thing in our lives that can go unchecked. God is warning us tonight. We need to pay close attention to our tongues. We need to pay close attention to what we say. And last week we heard the big truth that we can see a real legit faith in the way we act. Well, one of the biggest actions that shows the kind of faith we have is our speech, what we say. And James is going to go to town on how we can better and get better at what we say. So if, you want, if, you want, if we want our lives to match the faith we say we have in Jesus, we need to hear these warnings about our speech tonight and start living differently. And if you're not a Christian and you're hearing these things tonight, I hope you catch how well God understands people, the way he breaks down this issue, and how we, can, how we see that we so often get this part of life wrong. And I hope you catch also there's always an opportunity to come and know this God better, the God that loves you and has a better path for your life than the one you're on now. But before we read and get into the passage, I'm going to pray that God would help us understand this truth about our speech, particularly because it's going to be a big blind spot for all of us. So why don't you pray with me? Heavenly Father, uh, please would you help us now as we hear your words through James, uh, that we would see how our speech is falling short and how we can correct it. Uh, Please would you help us to see the moments in our life where the things we say are hurting us, are hurting others and hurting you. And please, would you help us to change and to be humble enough to see where we need to change tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen. Alrighty, so the first warning we get about speech in this passage is this. 
our speech is powerful. Now, if you've got uh, James chapter 3 open there, have a look at verse 2. It says, We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who's never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. So James is saying here, he knows we aren't perfect. We stumble in many ways, it says. And our speech is no different. It's a mix of good stuff and sinful stuff. So straight away, that's something we need to watch. Bad stuff is coming out of our mouths. But why is it so important to watch what we say? Look at verses 3 and 4. When we put bits into the mouths of horses... Now, just quick aside, that's the metal bit connected to the reins that you can pull the horse with. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So when we put the bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot, the captain, wants to go. So we're getting two word pictures here, guys, of powerful things controlled by very small things. A horse that will turn any direction you want just because you've got a small, small metal bit in its mouth. And a massive ship that turns across the wind and the water because the captain turns his little wheel and the small rudder at the back of the ship turns and the whole boat is moved. These are pictures of small things throwing around great power and great control of big things. Now look at verse 5. Likewise... The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. So the point James is making is our tongue and speech are no different. Our tongue, although small, can command our whole bodies what to do. Heck, it can even tell the person next to you what to do. That's power, guys. Have you ever thought your words have power before? They do, and think about it. What we say, it can make people laugh or it can make people cry. Our words can show we love someone, so that we love them, and also be the reason someone falls in love with us. You might not realize this, but what we say has power. Our words can persuade people to do things and to not do things. Our words shape everything we do around us. The tongue is just a small muscle, but it has the power to do massive things. So we should be thinking carefully now about how we use it. And look at the part of chapter 3, verse 2, that we skipped over at the beginning. Halfway through there. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. So while we can't control everything in life, guys, if we learn to control our tongue, we learn to control a heap of what we do, and we even begin to shape who we are. If you're someone who is patient, in what you say and work hard at, what you, at speaking positively, even when it's hard to be nice, it doesn't just have the benefit of you being nice to other people. It has a real impact on your character, shaping you to be someone who's self-controlled and constructive. Guys, we need to realise the, the power of what we carry around in our mouth everywhere we go. Because imagine this. Imagine if you legit carried around Thor's hammer everywhere you went, yeah? People would notice you and... People would notice what you did. Yeah, you could knock people around, you could fly around with it, but you, could, you might also be able to persuade people to follow you, to trust you, to like you because of the power you have. You might even use it for good, build things up and help people out with it. But the bottom line is, you would recognise the power you had if you were walking around with Thor's hammer, right? Here's the thing. 
you have that kind of power in your life already. Except for maybe the flying thing. You don't need Thor's hammer to do all these things. Your tongue is a powerful thing already shaping everything you do. You just have to be awake to see it. Awake to see the power it wields in your life and its impact on other people's lives. Our speech is powerful, which leads us to our second warning tonight. Our speech is destructive. Pick up where we left off in verse 5. Consider what a great forest is. So consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. So here we read again, the tongue is like a spark. Again, a very small thing, but a spark can set fire to uncontrollable destruction. We only have to look outside, guys, the red skies and the falling ash this week to understand the destruction, the devastation that a spark can do. James says our tongues are just that terrible as well. Look at verse 6. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Do you see how James sees people and how he, use, how he, he sees us using the power of our tongues? He says we use it for evil, for sinful things, for selfish things. And what it says corrupts our whole body, everything we do. Is that how you think about your tongue? as spreading evil and causing pain everywhere you go? If you're, like, if you're like me, you might be thinking this is a little bit over the top. Our speech isn't that bad. But I want, to help, I want to help us now to have a good think, have a good think now of the times where this really bad talk might be happening. So I want you to take a moment to think. Think of a person in your life right now who really frustrates you or gets you angry. It might be a parent sibling or a friend and now i want you to think about what are your words when you talk to that person that person that frustrates you makes you angry that hurts you are your words to them harsh are they fair are they destructive we might have nice things to say about most people, but it's often the people that are closest to us who make us feel the big feels that often bring the evil of our tongue out to play. Now think, keep on thinking. Think broader with me, though. Think to the people that aren't that close to you, but you see heaps of the time through your week. Think of your teachers at school, maybe your, your sports coach, the people in your class that aren't your friends, all the people in your class that you, you don't like that much. Now, which of them... Do you treat harshly or treat with disrespect or dismiss with your words? What are your words like when you speak to those people? For me, I used to see the destructive use of words all the time at school, especially when it came to teachers. The amount of disrespect for teachers who are really just there to help us was shocking. So are, are you a part of that? Are you a part of the conversation that disrespects and makes fun of our teachers? Now, maybe you're struggling to think of where you might be using your words harshly, but I want to encourage you to go away and do some thinking and watching of your tongue this week because this warning is for all people. Our speech is destructive. So it seems like we nearly need to do something about this, yeah? 
We need to do something about it. And the third point of this passage starts to get us there. And that's our speech needs restraining. Look at verses 7 and 8. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Do you guys know what taming an animal looks like? It's where you train and train an animal, maybe it's a horse, maybe it's a puppy, until it's no longer wild and unrestrained, until you can finally leave it off the leash and it will listen to you. The animal will let you be in control. But what does it say about the taming of the tongue in verse 8? No human being can tame the tongue. Well, that sucks. It says that it's just not happening. No one can tame the tongue. It says its nature is, is restless evil. It's out of control, this passage is saying. So is this just hopeless? Why are, we, why are we talking about how we can do better at this if we can never properly fix the problem? Well, I want you to, I want you to think about this for a second. Think about lions and tigers for a second. Now, again, these aren't animals that humans can safely be around because they can't be tamed either. But does that mean people can't see them? Now, zoos came up with a solution with these animals that can't be tamed. They realised they could restrain them. They put up fences between us and them so that the bad things, so that, um, the bad things couldn't get through that fence to respect the terrible things that could happen. So though we can't tame our tongue, we can restrain the bad things, the sinful things it might lead us into. But to do that, we need to change the way we think. Stop thinking of ourselves and the things we say as some great kind of, kind of bubbler of wisdom where everything we say is fantastic. We need to stop thinking about our words like that and think of our mouths more like a sewage system in need of a good filter, yeah? Hashtag yes filter. We need to be aware of when we're going to say something that's less than helpful and we need to filter it. It might seem trivial because if I just filter what I say, if I'm still thinking it, does it make any difference? Well, here's something, here's something to suggest that filtering is good. First of all, if you filter something... The person doesn't get hurt. But second of all, when you do something long enough, it starts to become a habit. And when you do habits long enough, like catching your tongue, it becomes part of your character. So don't underestimate how good it is to work hard at what you say because often it will start reshaping you from the outside in. Also, one last thing to point out is, um, is what it says there in verse 8. It says no human being can tame the tongue. It doesn't say God can't. If you're a Christian, God has given you, through His Son Jesus, access to the Father so we can pray. We can ask Him when we're in need. And He's given us His Spirit that promises to help us change and be transformed to be more like Him. So as you look to be better and grow in this area, we can pray and we can change. And know with God everything is possible and He loves to answer prayer. So I hope you can see why taming our tongue is so important. But here's the biggest reason we need to get this right tonight. You can't love God and not care about what you say. Look at verse 9. 
with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Do you see in this verse, it's not enough to offer God your words of praise one moment, but treat his people like dirt the next. God loves his people. So if you truly love God, you have to love what he loves, which includes all his people. That's people you dislike and the people you do like, the people you know heaps well or the people you don't know well at all. Because they are important to God, they have to be important to you as well. Verse 10 hammers this home for us. Take a look. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. James is saying you can't be in two minds with God on this. This is a moment where you need to choose who are you going to be. And if you've chosen to be one of God's people, then this needs to be a truth in your life. You need to control what you say. And he gives us two illustrations to show us we can't be two different things at once. Look at verse 11 and 12. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Do you guys get it? You can't have fresh water and salt water coming from the same place. You have to choose one or the other and go to the appropriate spring. Likewise, you can't have one tree that produces two different kinds of fruit. It can only produce one. James is teaching us you can't have Jesus and the world. You can't have nice words for Jesus some of the time and go on hurting people with your words the other time. This is a moment where you need to choose who are you going to be. You can't love God and not care about what you say. You need to care about the power your words have. And you need to be aware of how our tongues are likely to sin, so we need to restrain them. But also, we need to be ready to use our words for good, to speak up when no one else will, to encourage those around us, to speak truth about God to Christians when they really need it and are struggling. Or speak the good news of Jesus to people who don't know him yet. Or stand up for the vulnerable around us. This is some of the good stuff we can say. But here's what's tricky about that. These, are, these often aren't the easy times to speak up. When we have to do this good and speak this good, these are the moments where our friendships could be on the line. Where no one is actively telling us what to do. Or when the crowd of people is actually against us and we actually have to stand up for Jesus on our own. Or stand up for that person on our own. But if you're able to do that, you're not only hearing the warnings in tonight's passage, you're understanding the bigger things God wants for our lives. For us to live, live for Him and love what He loves. But for, but for those of you, sorry, live what He loves. But for those of you who aren't yet living for God, that are just starting to get to know him. Just from this talk, you might become aware of how your talk might be being destructive in your own life as well. You might be thinking about the pain you've caused with your words of people you love. And I hope you can see tonight that God calls his people to act a different way with their words, a life where we control our tongue. 
But here's the thing, it's also a life where he offers forgiveness for those same mistakes. So keep thinking, if you're not someone who follows Jesus, keep thinking on him this week. So to finish up, I want to remind you guys just how important our words are in living a faithful Christian life. Left unchecked, our words are devastating. But used well, they have the power to transform ourselves and the people around us. So don't take the things you say lightly. Words matter. You can't have nice words with God and our friends and wicked ones with other people. You have to choose God's way all the time. And that seems hard. But with God's help, He will transform us if we're willing and we ask Him for His help. So why don't we do that now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask you to help show us our speech, show us the things we say, show us the text messages that we send in confidence and show us for how we're not using our words the way we should, the way we're not loving people as you love them and our words are being destructive. And we pray that you would help us to to see this and to work on restraining our tongues and would you be shaping our character as we use our tongues well, to do better and to love people better. I pray for all of us that you'd help us to do that and help us to be prayerful when we're struggling to do this. We ask in your Son's name. Amen.